Boom, boom. Oh, I don't know. I didn't do it on purpose. It's growing on you. The virus, <laughs> the virus is spreading. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sorry to anyone who I just pumped. Still can't believe uh, that was his catchphrase for like literally was? Years, for the entire bull market. You remember Pomp? His whole thing was the virus is spreading. It was that and uh, long Bitcoin short the bankers. Remember? Um, not really. Oh, you clearly um, didn't follow Pomp closely enough. I think that says more about me than it does about you. <laughs> oh man, where's my weekly open Twitter account? I think I'm logged out. Well, we're just going to tweet it from my personal. Now for weekly open with cred. Old school style. Presented you. by FTX app. That's right. Um, just me and you. Don is back on vacation after. Don is too good for us. We know this, right? Like yeah. The way he traded this, he he does he won't associate with plebs like us anymore. Ledger. Yeah. It was good uh, while it lasted, but so he's clearly ascended. Embarrassing. Um, yeah. So the last couple of weeks, he was like, "Oh, you know, I decided to come back. It has nothing to do with uh, the market." actually being fun or doing anything just you know happens to be i'm gonna make time for you guys and now we have one red candle and he's like ah back on vacation yeah i know his timing is really stellar um <laughs> and the volatility picked up as soon as he came back to like manage some positions uh -huh. whatever. so day. yeah uh, good for him good for him good for uh, it's him. it's funny how that's like a multi-year indicator now the amount of <laughs> like hate don gets in his very clear unambiguous directional tweets like there's some real signal there and, and the fact that that's there the is. case since like 2018 is is pretty crazy but how are you doing what's what's new uh, i'm doing well but i'm gonna start the show Let's do it. Uh, we technically didn't start it but i'm gonna start it right now so here we go three two one Hello and welcome to Weekly Open. I'm Brian here with Cred. It's just the two of us today. Don is out, as we were saying in the pre-show. You may or may not be uh, have just listened to that. Depends on how lazy we are on the on the clip. Uh, but nevertheless, we're happy to be here. We're happy to be here with you. We're happy to be presented by FTX and the FTX app. Go to weeklyopen.com/ftx. You can trade there today directly from one asset to the other. Track your portfolio, as you've known and loved since 2014. You can do a lot more now. They even have stocks on FTX now. Check it all out at weeklyopen.com slash FTX. Cred, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing well. Um, it was so hot here for the last couple of days. I know this is just like a completely tired Euro talking point, <laughs> uh, but but it was really hot and I'm visiting it's my hot. parents. We don't have air conditioning. Seriously, like us. my normal place does, but I'm visiting my parents and this place <laughs> doesn't. And if you want to know just how hot I was yesterday, I actually took a short-term trade on ETHUSD. And like, <laughs> like, can you imagine how much the weather has to affect my mental state for me to start short-term trading? Like the yeah. long side, no less. Like, I basically impressed. bought weekly resistance. That's how hot I was and, and got away with it. Uh, but I yeah, like, pretty good over I it. like the subtle flex of generational improvement there too you know like i have air conditioning but my parents <laughs> no they do not oh yeah yeah well you, you know how it is <laughs> how are you um, doing what's new in ledger town i'm doing well uh i've got kind of a lot going on this week but that's a good thing not a bad thing um i'm as literally everyone is looking at like the first kind of one or two days of red after quite a bit of, of green candles. And I'm like, Oh no, 
Am I supposed to panic sell now or is there strength in this market? I don't know what's going on. Um, so I'm hoping that you'll tell me so that I, I know. Should I buy <laughs> See, more? To blame. Should I sell? <laughs> Can I blame Cred in a week or two if we just turbo nuke? He told me to buy ETH on Weekly Open. Well, yeah, I, I'll happily shoulder all your losses. And obviously yeah. if you win, it's your doing. But if you lose, I get the bill for it, right? That's, that's, that's right. how it works. So was the basis um, of your trade? a like kind of a weak candle positioning or oh my god no it was just some like an just hourly, some hourly level that i bought yeah <laughs> it was like an hourly candlestick make boing and i was like oh this is fun and then i stopped <laughs> i said like, it, it boing it, it boinged it boinged um you know sometimes you get like really itchy fingers once you start mm. short-term trading again after not doing yes. it for a while and i was like oh that's the 2018 2019 degenerate in me like trying to claw out and i'm like no go go back where you came from like <laughs> i don't want you in my life anymore um, mm. So yeah, it was just a very short-term trade on ETHUSD, uh, well, but that no, nothing to write home about. You've got a scary-looking chart there, I must say. I do. So the we can start just on weekly ETHUSD because I think the levels are a little cleaner. Um, mm -hmm. If you just look at the red line that the current price is indicating, it's right at the 20-week. If you're a moving average person, it's right at um, a really strict uh, horizontal that we danced with as resistance, then as support, and then broke through um and now we're back here so we're like we're smack dab in the middle of the the big yellow rangy box that i gave much more latitude than you and don i believe y'all's looks you know somewhere more like reasonably tight like that yeah yeah something <laughs> like that. um but basically it's all the same because it's hey can we actually push past round number 2000 and right. if we can maybe 2500 or more is in the cards which once again, round numbers having an impact because above that it's 3,500, you know, it's, um, one, two, three, four, five, six green candles, uh, in a row on the weekly chart, mm -hmm. um, after bottoming a few weeks before that, that's pretty constructive, but like, we should not be surprised by some downside here. It doesn't mean new lows immediately or anything like that. It's just a reasonable person would look at this and say, oh, maybe I'll take some risk off. And then yeah. yet I say, ah, <laughs> I am just as deployed as I was when I was begging for this kind of price to save my skin. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Craig, what should I be thinking here? Is it a reason to take some off or is it just something that you have to monitor and see what happens next? I think in crypto in general with moves like these, um, we assume that we'll have the luxury of monitoring and getting a good exit. But normally what happens is you don't exit when you know, quote unquote, you should. It mm. moves very aggressively. And then you're like, oh, well, I missed a really good exit. So now it's going to bounce having moved. And really I'll wait. And then it goes down <laughs> a lot more. And then suddenly you've kind of given back half your PL and you, you know, the market's in the middle of nowhere and you don't know what to do. Uh, I find in general, if you have like a decent system and you find yourself wrestling with the question of should I take profit where I said I would take profit in advance? The answer is you, sh you should do it, right? You should always adhere to the past version of you that was much more objective, much less emotional, had better data and set out the plan for you to follow in the absence of like really, really strong reasons of not following the original plan, like new information or something that would materially affect the trade thesis, whatever it may be. But in general, like the whole point of a trading plan is to trust your past self more than your present self when you don't have all the, you know, PL stuff flashing in your face. Uh, I think I agree, like structurally, this is like, high time frame resistance. Um, it, it, it got here in a very vertical fashion uh, and it didn't really build a ton of structure uh, on the way up. Like looking at the weekly chart, right? It's not like we had any, any consolidations or ranges or carve anything out. It was just like a straight 
um, retrace of a lot of the one-sided selling we had on the way down. Typically, those types of moves we have, um, you know, you know, those pockets fill just as easily on the way up, but it's not like an infinite, uh, not like an endless stream. So, I mean, I can screen share pretty quickly as well. Yeah, um, you know what we should do, though, before you do, because you won't screen share this, is we should throw some fibs on here to see, like, that's spicy. to what degree have we retraced. And if you go from the... A dead cat bounce in March to mm -hmm. uh, to the Pico bottom. I mean, we're not even really at the 50% retrace since I'm in, in log here. It looks like a 50% retrace, but um, the 0.618 would even be higher, like at that 2,500 level. Um, I know that's not something that you care as much about, but I like to look at it because I think that's another thing that people might include in their profit-taking choices. I like the um, eyeball a good fib. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, not, I'm not against it. But yeah, can you see the chart on? Yep. Got it. So, I mean, basically, the, you know, in terms of levels, you and I discussed where it kind of comes from. And, and I think 2K ish is, again, round number, but also structurally. Uh, it's just fits so perfect. It. It, it's perfect, isn't it? It's like this highest closed candle here. Previous <laughs> trading is easy. Where, yeah, I know, right? We had this triple tap. <laughs> And for me, at least, in terms of weekly bias, this is a close at resistance, right? It's about as close at resistance as it gets. Um, so there's not much I can do from like a fresh positioning thing. Uh, and then to me, this is like at resistance. Now, I've got the same level as you in terms of what happens if it blasts through. Uh, I think it would end up filling a lot more of this kind of one-sided unbelievable selling ad, basically from three to sub 1K with no stopping. And for me, it's this kind of pre-breakdown range at 2.5K. And, and there is some added capture there between those two levels, an extra 30%. Um, but sort of structurally, those are the two levels that matter. And I know you've got the moving average there as well. So, mm -hmm. so I, I think really if this market's going to drag any higher, um, I would need to see like daily time frame strength at least to mitigate the idea that we close that weekly resistance. Uh, but really, I think it's important to get some context beyond just ETH. Um, we're still in the same tech trade, right? Like tech bounced specifically S&P, NASDAQ, whatever, uh, we're bouncing alongside it. And ETH is the primary beneficiary of that because it has this extra narrative catalyst or like reason to get long, right? Are we going to get fork coins, people speculating on the merge, um, whatever else, you know, th th that doesn't change the core layer of the trade, which is that everything is mean reverting. Uh, we're probably still very much correlated. And it just so happened that structurally and narratively, ETH had the perfect storm, if you will, to soak up and suck up all that liquidity that was looking to take risk to ride the bounce uh, in the S&P and you know, in tech in general, right? So I think yeah. that context is really important. So I, the charts I look at on a day-to-day -day basis, I haven't even been looking at Bitcoin because I didn't find it terribly interesting or compelling at this I point. I mean, it's pathetic in relation. Like, it, it's, there... it's awful. Like, it hasn't, just hasn't done anything, right? Spike after spike, no momentum, no This anything. truly looks like a uh, like a bearish bounce to me. Like, just... On Bitcoin, yeah. It's, yeah, uh, not I interesting. Mean, looks like a classic flag. <laughs> I mean, it's just this grindy type of thing, right? And I think in general, these aren't the type of conditions where you should take the whole, okay, now we rotate and Bitcoin catches up thing, like particularly seriously. Uh, in general, in crypto, as, as you and I know, uh, the stuff that pumps usually, you know, playing catch up unless you've got a really good reason or really good thesis for the rotation uh, is a bad idea because the stuff that you should have bought, the thing that's strong, you avoid buying the thing that's strong and buy this thing that's weak instead. Yeah. You kind of follow that logic. And then that's that's not great, right? So what's um, interesting is so many people still look at Bitcoin as just the proxy for everything else. Like if Bitcoin's not moving like crazy, nothing's moving, which I say that, I mean like legacy 
markets people who look at crypto as some kind of mm -hmm. identifier of is there risk happening in crypto to warn me away from my <laughs> NASDAQ longs or whatever, you know? Um, and I was listening to a podcast this weekend where they're fairly familiar with crypto, but they were like, man, this crypto industry just can't do anything. Look at Bitcoin. And I was like, well, ETH doubled off the lows and other stuff, yeah. it went far more. Like there's a lot more activity here that others are just not seeing because they lump it all together. And I find that interesting as well. Um, yeah, I think it's still a useful base case to have to use yeah. Bitcoin as your crypto risk barometer. I just think because of the merge, we're in very like quite specific circumstances and exceptional circumstances in that case. If you look at like 24 hour perps volume, ETH is above BTC. If you look at options volume, the open interest on ETH contracts is higher than BTC. If you look at narratively what people are watching and discussing, uh, ETH merge is much more compelling than uh, and closely followed and significant than anything else. Uh, which is why I think this is one of those periods where not ignoring Bitcoin, but at least focusing on ETH more uh, makes sense. Also, if you think about how we broke out, ETH led the breakout, right? So uh, for me, at least mentally, I'm at this point where I think we live by ETH and die by ETH. Uh, so mm. most of my time is spent looking at the ETH USD chart and then also um, the S&P and the NASDAQ, right? Those are the three charts I'm looking at, ETH, S&P, NASDAQ. So I still think, A, we're in that big correlated tech trade. If these boys get smacked, I don't think we're going to be immune from that. Uh, and then the second point, because ETH is so basically carrying crypto, uh, I'd rather look at the thing where the speculation is, because that's either going to unwind, get rewarded, get more people to FOMO, whatever whatever it may be, right? Um, so, so, you know, in terms of levels and stuff, as mentioned, if we're going to get continuation through this high time frame resistance, I think it has to be on the back of uh, tech rallying further. Uh, it, it's just for me, that premise is becoming less attractive by the by the day slash by the week. Because if you look at where a lot of these are from, I'll, you know, bring Don back into this in spirit from the monthly time frame, right? Yeah. If we, for example, fib this thing from candle top to candle bottom, right? You can see that the good old 50, six, I mean, the 50 has already been tapped, right? Yeah, body to body that's nice. The S &P. Uh, and the 618 comes in at 43, 4400, which also has like pretty clear horizontal confluence there as well, right? The point of the last low pre-break, point pre-breakdown, whatever. Now, even if you don't think this thing makes new lows, whatever it may be, if there's going to be any type of resistance, range-bound environment, pullback, slow down the momentum, whatever terms you want to use, like we're pretty damn close, right? It's kind of just like an X marks the spot scenario with the amount of stuff overlapping thereabouts. And I think this will cap our upside in crypto as well, if it caps the S&P upside. And I think the NASDAQ's in a pretty similar point as well. Uh, with the monthly, the levels are like slightly less clear. But if we take the same uh, retracement measurement from, you know, candle to candle, bit more space, but fundamentally pretty much the same sort of four, low to mid 14s, uh, where the point of breakdown took place. I'm sure Don would draw something like this cluster here, right? Uh, that's another like couple of weeks, maybe, especially if they're the same type of magnitude. And then mm -hmm. you're talking really, really high, really important macro resistance across the indices with which we're still correlated. Um, and, you know, being long into that, I think, would be a would be a rough idea. I don't know what you think of the macro TA. No, I like it. And it's actually coincides pretty well with daily moving averages. If And, and that's that's an industry that's definitely looking at those, right? Um, mm -hmm. On the S&P, you're like one and a half percent from it or something really small. I would be kind of surprised if it didn't just cleanly tap it. It's just the type of thing that market likes to do. Tap it and then what? Uh, then then we wait and see. I don't know. Um, and <laughs> Big then, week. Yeah. <laughs> um, same thing with the NASDAQ, except the NASDAQ could manage to go like four or five percent. I could definitely imagine 
if it doesn't reach it, it's a bigger sign of weakness because you you would think many people would wait until it actually taps it to then be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna sell, you know, or I'm gonna I'm gonna take some off. Um, one of the things I was looking at already, and I still don't think is impossible, is just setting some kind of um, higher low. Like it doesn't, it's not indicative of oh we're guaranteed to new um, to new lows because we drew we did come off in in the rest of the world um, the stock market. Uh, quite strongly, you know, like made a higher high. Um, and I could imagine a, a world where there's a, a higher low and people start patterning out stuff, you know, try to assign what kind of what kind of patterns or other things might exist there. Um, I Just on its face, though, it looks like this market is also at significant resistance just overall in the stock mm-hmm. market. Um and it, it coincides with the dollar really has been a great um, hint in terms of what to expect elsewhere. And that breakdown from the parabola is starting to look like awfully bull flaggy to me. Um, <laughs> again, just consolidation structure, as you called it, right? Like you're just going mm-hmm. back and you're confirming, hey, here's that May level and here's where we broke out, uh, uh, broke out of again in June. And, you know, we went and tapped it and here we are again looking pretty darn strong. It only took a couple of days to really turn that chart around from extremely weak and looking like it could go back down to 100 to much more uncertain in the sense of it you know it really is uh undetermined about what what its next step is going to be. Have you seen Euro USD by the way to oh I've got God. it up just now in terms uh, of like confluence but, and stuff or things that may be similar. Uh this is the daily time frame yeah. and Oof. that to me just looks like a nasty failed to roll over. failed breakout, yeah. right? Like, I don't know that 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 doesn't look strong to me. Um, I mean, it's just like a failed breakout. Well, you know, what else am I going to call it, right? Yeah. All, all the other time. I mean, this is like a weekly downtrend. I think about as weekly downtrendy as it gets. Um, you know, it's like the Grim Reaper scythe on, on that. And then if you look at the patterns developing within the higher time frame downtrend, this is a, you know a failed breakout. Just generally continuation in tandem with the trend. So I think dollar strength uh, is still something to take seriously. Very real. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because and the reasons of... for it all still exist exactly the same as they yes, did before. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's another thing, right? Like structurally and narratively, it's been so weird to be on Twitter because on the way down, everyone's saying, well, you can't buy this thing because macro is so bad. It's unprecedentedly bad. We're entering a recession. Uh, everything's going to zero, etc. And then as soon as we get one, like literally the first bounce after 12 <laughs> weeks of straight selling, it becomes soft landing, no recession, Jerome is a genius, you're sidelined, cope, seethe, uh, everyone is in stable coins, I don't know, like rotate It's almost the like they're talking their bags. Yeah, yeah. So apparently a downtrend is only a downtrend until it bounces for the first time and then the downtrend <laughs> ceases to exist. Now it's a bull market. Like now it's a bull market, yeah. You uh, only have two options, downtrend or bull market. And it's if it's going down, it's a downtrend. If it goes up at all, it's a bull market. Yesco was on some some podcasts and he retweeted it. And um, it was a video of him claiming victory for calling the bottom or something like that. And I was just like, oh, no. And he's like, hey, the guy had a chart up, the hosted. And then Yusko's like, look, I have the same exact chart. Look at that. Look at that. It's a uh, uh-huh. you know, new high or whatever. And I was like, oh, God, we're going back down. Have you seen um, how many alts are at like range highs, by the way? Just, just the um, amount of altcoins that are in areas of resistance is is pretty yeah. it's a lot. So and like I, you've got you know Solana at Donalds kind of sell spot the Samani sell program the you know the range geez, high at forty fives, uh, you've got like BNB 
at weekly resistance. Uh, a lot of like Atom and stuff um, testing the underside. I think Curve was at its range. I mean, that's got, I was just going through a lot of DeFi 1.0 type of stuff. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, this stuff is just at resistance. Like if you, if you eyeball this chart, for example, and you know you take some indication of where this rally is, a lot of charts look like this. Can you give this me your... the best example I can think of? I I sold my link. I paper handed it a little bit because I went. Ooh. I sold it about like nine fifty or so. So yeah. it's basically at that same range high. And I was like, I'm not bag holding this. And I had a good win on it, so I sold. You it. made the top. Looks like legend. Um, well, the problem is, then I was <laughs> like, well, what looks good out there? Let's right. let's roll this puppy again. You know, um, run it back. Yeah. yeah. So I I actually bought Uniswap because it looked like one of the more constructive ones. Sure. Um, you talked about and, it last week as well, so I guess that's Yeah, yeah. Consistent. So, well, then it immediately started going down. So, don't give me too much credit on that link. <laughs> and that's <laughs> the thing. Look, I think if if you look at a lot of these rallies, like the, the actual reasonable high time frame pullback levels are not super close, right? The way a lot yeah. of these instruments have trended, uh, they're not, they've now hit resistance slash range high. Uh, I don't think it's the best environment for shallow dips uh, on average. Yeah, and um, these are very dangerous to to me as well. Where I'm like, man, the four hour chart on that looks fantastic, <laughs> like ready for continuation. And then you go to the weekly, and it's like it's been up seven weeks in a row in the terrible macro environment. And this is a derivative of a derivative of a derivative uh, <laughs> asset. So it's like, yeah, sure, I'm not on leverage. Wink, <laughs> you know. Wink, like. yeah, yeah. Wink, the most American wink ever. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know. Like, I think if, if I just give an overview or the stuff that I care about, I care about ETH, and for me, I can't long this ETH weekly. First of all, I just don't like chasing. Um, mm -hmm. At least I was self-aware. I tweeted like somewhere in here that like I can feel myself becoming complacent or whatever, and that was fair enough. And we also spoke on the show about Bitcoin 200-week reclaim probably being some sort of upside signal. It's been a disappointing one, but at least directionally it's been fine. Like all of that is okay with me, uh, but I can't buy this weekly, nor do I want to. Um, and then if I'm looking at indices, it, it, you know, in terms of upside or whatever, there's definitely space for a push. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, but as we enter the more kind of headline-heavy part of the market. Um, you know, like I didn't think structurally a lot has changed to make me think that we're in a new cycle or uh, we're in a new trend or there's been some sort of massive pivot and a complete repricing of Duma recession versus soft landing versus anything else. I think the market was very oversold. The market got some good data that was, and, and also I think most importantly, the market just got a break from Fed speak, yeah. right? And you put all these all those few things together, uh, and that's an awesome recipe for a bounce. And the bounce has been great, but I don't take it as strong evidence for a new trend, uh, at least at the moment. Now, it doesn't mean it's not tradable on the long side. There's still awesome opportunities. I, I'm cognizant that it's up like 130%, and Lido is up much more than that, et cetera. But my priority, just to kind of add context, is I care about cyclical entries at this point with how I am allocated. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've got a stack which I dabble and poke at short term trades and whatever else for funsies but i i'm generally looking for like cyclical type of entries and for me still i know i'm sound like a broken record at this point but passage of time is very important uh, and i don't think we, we've ticked that box or criterion for me yet uh, but it's very much a traders market still a ton of volatility and it's worth taking advantage of because i still think also we're due a period of volatility compression and that's going to be miserable yeah and where is the high confidence trade right like at a bare minimum, we've kind of disproven that this is a high confidence trade. Um, unless you get that kind of break of 2000 or ish, and you actually have a chance to enter 
and there's not some there's some like narrative tailwind to give you confidence that it can get to 2500 like that trade is fine yeah um chopping people up for a week or two first would make a lot of sense for <laughs> first and my i think my personal next like bigger bet would be um i probably need to cash up a little bit um just in terms of my own positioning where if i have a bunch of bad trades in a row and then i finally have a couple of big wins and then i get complacent like oh see i was right all along now i'll continue to make money like it's a good time to start losing money so yes. the best way to not lose money is to get flat and you know nobody ever died getting flat um and i think that what i could see is we make a higher low from here and it goes as deep as it has to go to shake people out that didn't take any off on the rebound that they were all praying for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I think I'd be interested in buying again, like get some, get some uh, medium time frame capitulation that still ends up being basically a higher low. Um, and then essentially look for, can it go retest the same levels with strength? If so, probably sell that again <laughs> and see if it turns into a chart pattern on a higher time frame. Um, like if this turns into some kind of daily or weekly compression to your point about volatility, um, showing me again, then, um, <clears throat> then, you know, then maybe we play it. But in the meantime, it looks like, it looks like it just wants to chop some people up again after, uh, 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 several weeks of, of trending, which other than some copy bear type stuff, who, people who are like, nothing's changed you know like and and they just didn't take the trade you can say nothing's changed and still take the trade right um but there was pain on the way up and now i think we could i really think we could just experience quite a bit of pain through chop as people try to stop out or like don't stop out or get scared or whatever and that might turn into a buying opportunity i could actually see that going as low as like 13 or 1400 on eth um and people would that would people would really hurt <laughs> with that. It'd be a perfect retest of the 200 week moving average, though, um, which we've talked about on this show is a, a level that I think we could just grind against for uh, quite a while, and and that's where we could end up with that volatility compression that we talked about. Um, one other thing that gives me additional confidence there is just how crap Bitcoin's been relative to everything else, and um. It's a little different. It's not quite so much because ETH has done well. Like ETH has outperformed most of those alts, and ETH of the two majors has much better current narratives. Um, but it always concerns me when a bunch of altcoins do 3x at the same time that like a major does like 30%, you know, um, in a bear market because it just feel it's reminiscent of 2019. You still here? Oh, you're out. I'm like I just keep talking and cred is. In I'm being the censored. Room. You're being clearly, censored. Clearly, I was yeah. wondering why you dropped. Um, no, I was just patiently listening. Uh, I agree with you. I think people have forgotten that again, historically and in general, um, Bitcoin weakness is bad for crypto. And yeah. most of the arguments that have been made, like, oh, well, it's no longer good to use Bitcoin to measure what's going on in crypto, or why would you care about Bitcoin and all the, you know, the Jeff Dorman Arca type of arguments, yeah. right? Like, why would you care about BTC when you've got like Gala, Chili's, and fucking Luna, <laughs> right? Um, a lot of those arguments age poorly. And at the very least, like, we know that the longevity on trends that don't involve Bitcoin is generally shorter. Uh, mm. And this entire breakout is ETH led and part of a large tech trade. And I think 
you know, Bitcoin weakness is very much the kind of canary in the coal mine, if that makes sense, yeah. uh, as far as the market more broadly, where the best case scenario is that ETH does break resistance and then Bitcoin actually catches up and then, then we're in for a conversation uh, mm -hmm. where, you know, the market is, and enters a, you know, higher, more bullish kind of trading range and Bitcoin has a bid and things kind of chill out a little bit. Like, I don't know if you were watching yesterday, like all the dog coins started mooning. Like oh, it took God. us one week to go from like, oh, merge, very technical ETH narrative, and then the dog coins start moving. Like, what are we doing here, right? Um, also, just very quickly in terms of technicals, I'm going to, I don't know if you can see my chart. Yeah, I got still it. The ETH one. You know, I think Don pointed this case out as well. The argument for like a higher trading range, for example, would be if ETH breaks this resistance, and then we sort of consolidate here for the next whatever period, between 1.8 to 2.5K. Uh, and that might seem like a really attractive proposition, but th that would be, for example, one of the spots where you'd get uh, volatility purgatory, right? Uh, and even if the prices are nicer, the trading might be worse in that case. Uh, and for BTC, in terms of catching up, what would that look like on a chart? I mean, we'll take anything, really. We'll take anything, because this, this hasn't really done much from a, from a structural point of view. Um, I think at the very least, its equivalent level of resistance is at around... 30k. So if we manage to carve something between 30k and some sort of higher low structure in the 20s, that will be awesome as well. Um, but, I think it's pretty you know. pathetic if Bitcoin can't do that. Like we've seen many times where it it does this kind of consolidation and then just chads out of it, right? Yes. And yes. Bitcoin really needs that. Like if so you're, if you're some Bitcoin whale with with cash on the sidelines, like step up here, you know. Yeah, do your but job. You, I mean, look at this. Like, what what are we doing here? Right? Yeah, it's pathetic. It's, like, it's just simple. like infinite willingness to sell, like <laughs> the uh, most measly of twenty k. I've got a thesis for that. I, I think, and I think I've seen a lot of similar commentary and a lot of these trades put on that for a lot of the participants who are de-risking their ETH positions, they're selling BTC to take profit and kind of pushing down the pair mm. as a result. So that's sort of why you're seeing this relationship of Bitcoin weakness, not just because it's Bitcoin being weak, but it's because the ETH profit taking is being expressed via selling BTC. Um, Do you want to talk uh, about ETH BTC? It is sitting there right at that 0.08 resistance, which um, last time it broke above it, everybody got extremely excited for the flipping and whatnot. And you're going to go to a three-month chart on me? <laughs> I mean, you, you know, here we go. Here's, here's Bullish engulfing, let's go. Send it to the moon. Resistance is going to zero. <laughs> I like our um, different interpretations of the same thing there. <laughs> yes, I know. That's, why, that's what makes a market, right? I think Don had this. Ooh. Yeah. Let me do some wizardry here. I think he had it going all the way back to this kind of range high. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was this, this, whatever. Uh, could have been this week, whether whatever, however you look at this type of structure, um, if, BT, if BTC hasn't broken out yet, right? So it failed to break down here, which is good. And I remember Don was screaming about that setup at the time, uh, but it hasn't broken out of the range yet either. And I think regardless yeah. of what time frame you look at it, uh, it's very much in that type of consolidation zone. And that's why I think you've seen, at, at least on Twitter, <laughs> hasn't shown up on the chart fully yet, but a lot of profit taking on this pair because you essentially have ETHUSD hit high time frame resistance. You're getting some narrative saturation. Uh, and then ETHBTC is pretty much at the range extremity as well. So, you know, that's if, your formula for profit taking. If we do see further upside, it seems like the 2,500, 25K thing is like almost certain to yes. me. Uh, that's your push to point one on ETHBTC and 25. 
2,500 ETH was the level we talked about. 2,500 BTC would surprise no one because it's just continued. Like, <laughs> it's a stable coin, yeah. Yeah, it's like cross-country skiing uphill. I mean, that's uh, what the 618 is, Ledger. If we're going to talk about yeah. macro, high time frame, 618 type of things, uh, you know, push through 2K for some sort of final leg and then hit that 2.5, 2.6 resistance. Um, that's, I, I mean, look... I can just about understand if your argument is I'm not going to de-risk 2K. I know it's resistance, but I think there's still more juice in this puppy. The merge is sufficiently far away. There's still space on the S&P and NASDAQ before they hit high time frame resistance. This has got another leg. I'd say, okay, like at a stretch, I can understand that, right? Uh, if you express similar views or you don't take profit at 25, 2600, I think that's very hard to defend. Uh, even from just like a purely mindless, brainless TA market structure point of view, uh, this is good. This is like peak lower high territory, right? Like if this whole thing, if this entire move down is the lower low, like where is the lower high at a push? It's it's 25, 2600 as an extremity, right? Yeah. Uh, and it, you would assume it would continue in like a vertical fashion. You'd get like one, two, three, four, five, six. What, like, do you want like 10? Ten green candles in a row <laughs> and that's yeah. not going to make you take profit i i really want that level but you're you're hinting this is an old cred wisdom of the evolving r right like right. the closer it gets to your actual target the less justifiable your trade is <laughs> yes like uh, not managing the position at all yeah when it you know as it as it gets closer and closer to your target for sure especially if it starts to slow down stall or whatever else like i don't know like even if for example this weekly starts to look really shit like the one we've got right now um people are going to look on the weekly time frame it's like where where do you rebid this thing from a support point of view right like it's it's not entirely clear to me where that level would be because if you're looking in terms of recency we didn't build shit on the way up here and structurally we didn't re reclaim anything too crazy where you could say oh look it was should have been support wasn't should have been resistance wasn't now it's a good level i mean what i can start coping and say what maybe 1600 or something like that i was about to say 1700 1750 if you right. wanted to get aggressive yeah, exactly. This kind of messy consolidation here, but it's not entirely clear to me. My eye, at least, is naturally drawn to the pre-breakout range, right? See, I think, I think you could buy that 1700-ish range if it happens fast, right? Yes. Like, if it's a flash crash, yeah, you do yeah, something people like that, get, right? People get stopped out. There's some kind of news or like something you know some number comes the out macro. <laughs> yeah oh no that would be that's <laughs> 1300 be yeah. yeah um but like some kind of some kind of macro number comes out that then the market reacts to and then shakes off and um yes. i could imagine a, a quick thing like that which is going to stop out some of these people that were in their profitable trade and then be like ah damn i just gave back a week's worth of profit or whatever and then that ends up being kind of a localized bottom that gives you the momentum to get up to uh, that next target in the 2500 range um I that agree. seems like a really high potential outcome to me mostly because i know i would want to be out like i don't i don't want to give up the last several weeks because it was it was multiple months of absolute pain and i finally like caught the legs that i wanted and got a lot of this upside off the bottom and i don't want to lose it now so there i can't my my mentality and can't be too different from others that are actively in the market and all of us are potential sellers <laughs> so <laughs> these charts just show up that psychology that's just the psychology that becomes visualized and um using myself as that persona i i do think that the potential for rapid selling as soon as we get one of these types of headlines could create a buying moment as some of those like skittish longs uh decide to exit 
Yeah, I think that's very fair. And also narratively, one of the arguments I've seen um, to support the whole hated rally thing is that ETH perp funding has been like consistently negative or gone through negative That's periods. great news. Is it still that way? Well, the thing is, that's not, unfortunately, that, that's not a compelling argument because those are merge hedges, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. They have to be. Like structurally, they have to be. Um, so it's, it's not still not bad news, though. It's like... not bad, bad news, but I'm saying like those aren't the types of market participants who would get blown out by eating shit on funding, therefore pushing the price higher. These yeah, are it's probably somebody with like 100,000 ETH of collateral. Correct, correct. <laughs> so typically, those kind of funding price divergences are really good when directional gamblers are offside and doubling down and they get squeezed by the market in the opposite direction. That's really yeah. good. That's where you get your Jesus candle, stuff like that, where they get completely blown out. Um, I, I think in this case, using that specific data point to support the argument of a hated rally isn't compelling because I think there's a much higher likelihood that those are merge hedges more so than uh, directional betters who are just like doubling down and getting squeezed. Like it's still good, but I just don't think it's as good uh, as kind of other, you know, other points in, in market structure. Um, We've talked about price a good bit. Um, should we talk about the New Yorker? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of incredible. Oh, this article. Oh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? It is. Uh, I'll try to try to pull it up, but man, oh man. Have have you seen uh have you have you read it at all? I I scrolled through it. I've certainly seen the highlights of it. Yeah. So the flattering photo. <laughs> or a bit of artwork, I should say. Yeah. I don't know how to take this off. You're reaching your article limits. First time I've ever opened this dadgum website. <laughs> <laughs> um so i guess the only reason to pull this up is one we we kind of talked about prices it, we're at resistance congrats good job um <laughs> but two i think it's interesting seeing these stories hitting mainstream media and there's also you're seeing some of the hubris hubris um and also desperation being mm -hmm. expressed in this article in pretty new ways this is written by jen Weisner, I think that's how you pronounce their name. Um, and, you, you know, it talks about the boat and stuff, but I think what's also interesting is um, that they apparently, towards the end, is a, I believe according to a source that was working inside the company in some capacity, like they were starting to take loans. They got desperate enough that they were starting to take loans from potentially sketchy sources as well. Criminals, um, that's the claim, right? Yeah, yeah that's the claim. Um so, I don't know. Did you, did you did you find anything interesting, or was it just kind of overall entertaining? Entertaining, sad because yeah. the amount the fallout has cost our industry a lot. Uh, a lot of people who thought they were their friends or reputable counterparties or whatever else um, were burned. I think that's what's incredible. Like they didn't leave anybody. Like no one was safe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I met with Kyle when I was in Singapore. Yeah, I remember you long ago. It. Yeah, so I was in Singapore from the, you know, kind of end of April to early May. Um, you can put that on a chart. <laughs> 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 uh, and, you know, we were chatting and uh, I, I talked to him about the market, right? And about, because at, at that point, macro was like on people's minds. I think price was at around, I mean, what must it have been around like, what, 30, 40K, like 40 mid to high 30s, 40K or thereabouts. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, I think it was like mid 30s. And I, I'd spoken to him about, you know, positioning and stuff like that. And he, he said they'd started buying at 45. 
Uh, and then and then by the time I spoke to him, when I think the market was like just under 40 or something, you know, he expressed that they were quite heftily deployed in the market at that time. Uh, and it was interesting because I asked him for like his thesis or what, you know, why in particular now he, he had that type of conviction. I was 50 IQing it. I was like, we're not at monthly support, so I can't even buy this if I want to, right? Um, and then I asked for his thesis. And then I think it was some version of the Fed isn't going to keep hiking. Um, the correlation is going to break. And when it breaks, it's going to turn into a momentum trade. And, and so we're getting into the trade before it turns into a momentum trade or some version like that, uh, which, which I didn't find um, terribly compelling, to be honest yeah. with you. Uh, and it just seems like it's just crazy how, you know, the move that ultimately wiped them out completely was Bitcoin moving from 30K to 20K. That was the kind of nail in the coffin. A lot of their leveraged ARB plays got completely blown out with, you know, Steve. And, you know, they got hurt by Luna and everything else. But, you know, the, yeah, the ARB trades. Yes, the, the ARB trades. Um, but it, I don't know. It just goes to show that the, the so-called smart operators in the space end up becoming kind of too big for their own good. Yeah. Um, and not having even like really basic risk management. Like, OK, what if Bitcoin goes back to 2017 levels, you know? What's incredible uh, is like they they were bearish close to the top. They just got bullish way too soon. Yes. Like uh, I don't know if I can. You know. So it's almost like they were like ah diagonal good. <laughs> you mean, know, Kyle, like Kyle was literally drawing diagonal. Do you remember when Kyle was tweeting <laughs> diagonal? You, you and I spoke about this. Yeah, he was legit tweeting out TA, and that was so scary because I was like, why is <laughs> why is Kyle tweeting TA? Is that is that really the kind of long thesis for? for the market at this point. I don't know. I just think like zooming out, this has been a very sad cycle for crypto because it hurt a lot of savers, right? That that's yeah. shitty. Like if speculators get burned, I I don't really give a shit because you kind of know what you're signing up for, right? Mm -hmm. And and you take that risk for the upside. But if you think about Celsius, if you think about Luna specifically UST, um all, all, a lot of the people who were hurt this time around were kind of generally kind of risk off participants on the more conservative side of the spectrum, right? They're not trading on leverage. They're not necessarily gambling. They're not making directional bets. They're just like holders who thought they had their money in some, you know, the Voyager is another example, who thought they had money in some sort of proto bank and would earn yield on their crypto or earn yield on their dollars to fight inflation or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and, and that, you know, that's com a completely different moral landscape to speculators getting punished when you punish savers that's you know i think the reputational risk that's associated with crypto following all these high profile uh fallouts is is really rough um and the regulatory zeal that you get as a result of ordinary risk off people getting hurt it's much easier to push through stuff you may want to push through right as we've seen yeah. recently i think also you just I certainly did. I mean, we we hosted them both on Up Only, and Up Only has been the source for some of these articles and and more, uh -huh. um, in terms of information uh, to people. But we were not the only people that gave them a platform, and obviously they were highly regarded in terms oh, yeah. of the venture space and as traders and whatnot. So it's not unusual to give them a platform. But it's incredible to then realize like they failed at just being adults um, yes. with their business and with their, with their platform. And I just kind of stunned not only that, then to your point, the degree to which they uh, apparently like stole from friends and others to, or, or borrowed from assuming they could make it all back. And the, their actions were so, so similar to like 
the the most degenerate of like inexperienced individuals, but with billions mm-hmm. of dollars at stake, it's it's pretty stunning. Um, and the, the degree to which people are using pod like up only and other sources uh, where they spoke to understand what's going on is kind of astounding. Like I got a call from like a federal uh, <laughs> agency. Oh no! On the way home from the beach, and they were like, "Hey, so uh, we listened to your podcast with (laughs) Suzu and Kyle Davies, and we were wondering if you could help us fill in some blanks because we're like trying to wrap our head around this." And I'm like, "What? Like you're using YouTube as your source of investigative information? Feds listen to up only confirmed." (laughs) Yeah, I'm like in the car with uh, with my family and Uh, trying to answer answer questions. Uh, It's like unbelievable. Um, but anyway, the whole thing is shocking. Um, the, the is. fallout is 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 unbelievable, and it, it's just very sad. You know, when you and I even on the way up um, spoke about surviving, I never thought it would be such a broad term. It's like you keep your money on an exchange, you, you didn't survive. You know, if you chose the wrong exchange, or if you were a counterparty to like one of the biggest hedge funds and lent the money, you didn't survive. All the protocols getting hacked, like e- even just sticking around, was ha- has been so tricky price action aside you know yeah and like if they took their own advice if you will uh, (laughs) like their own they like put me in a coma bring me back in five years do everything but get uh you know just just survive manage your risk or the market will manage it for you that's yeah timeless a a few more a few more liquidations than (laughs) up only like unbelievable (laughs) i know prophetic isn't it unbelievable um it is and it's just it's it, it, but it is sad. Like at the end of the day, when you get down to it, the degree, the role that they play, they're not alone. Like I put, I put Duquan and and the Terra situation and that, and there's a documentary, I guess, or like oh, that's a, so mad to in, me. Like an interview mentory. <laughs> like know. seriously, Duquan's what chilling in Singapore. I think he's in Singapore or something, right? He's chilling in Singapore, giving interviews. He might be in South Korea. I'm not sure. Yeah. But he's like chilling, giving interviews, doing crypto media, despite the whole Terra Luna blow up. While yeah. some tornado cash dev gets arrested, you know, yeah. like over the, code, over code. Like to me, the contrast is just so so unbelievable. Um, it is. It's pretty yeah. stunning. This industry is weird, Ledger. Yeah, it's, I'm kind of di- I'm kind of disappointed at like where like where the crackdown or where the where the attention has gone right. in crypto, and like and then you see who's if you will like getting away with it. Um, but nevertheless, that's where we are. There's a lot of interesting news, and we knew this was going to happen, right? Like the mm. the uncovering of the fallout. Like as you start to pull the rubble away and find the stories, <laughs> like there's going to be much more of it. Oh um, yeah, books, movies, the whole thing. Yeah. Insider accounts. Yeah. Discovery from a lot of these, uh, you know, further discovery from a lot of these bankruptcy processes and liquidations and whatever else. Um, testimony yeah it's gonna get spicy i think meanwhile the rest of us are just trying to like sell our coins to each other because there's no <laughs> <Right>. new <laughs> there's yes. no, 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 no new, new inflows no absolutely yeah not, no right? new it's money just, coming in so it's pvp like yeah, purely it's, pvp yeah yeah and and it's and dog eat dog at that like whoever wins wins so that the narratives them. the narratives have to be strong you have to play those flows and take your profits like i don't i don't know a better way around it and um, if you're looking for upside, then you play that game. If you're not, then you stay on the sidelines. Um, so honestly, I'm in a place where I'm trying to figure out like, what do I want to do for the next step? I really do love that 2,500 number. I just don't know if I'll be able to stomach it. I'm going to try find out next week. Um, and that's all I have. I don't know if you have want to close this out with anything, Craig. Gosh, nothing, nothing in particular. I mean, shout out to Don. Hope you hope you're enjoying your 
holiday, you know, bought the bottom, got a nice girlfriend, <laughs> sends me cute pictures of them like surfing and stuff. It's unbelievable what this man's gotten away with. Meanwhile, we're here PVPing each other. Like I'm about to go lift some of your offers in the order book, like as soon as the stream is over, you know, uh, it's crazy how that works. Uh, as far as rounding stuff up, I, I think it's just what we started with really. Keep an eye on ETH. Um, 2K, especially, is an area of resistance and whatnot. Uh, keep an eye on risk indices over the next couple of weeks, because if they start moving, we'll definitely, I think it's very, very likely, we'll follow through. If you get strength through 2K or this, you get a ledger flash crash scenario that gets bid up aggressively, etc. Um, if 2K is like medium to high conviction resistance, slash you'd feel like an idiot if it reversed and you did nothing, took nothing off, then 2.5K is that level on crack to some extent, at least for me, yeah. when it comes to market structure or whatever else. Um, and I guess just, you know, open open eyes, open ears, because that's the type of environment we're in. Uh, sentiment will can completely flip on a single high time frame candle from up only, merge, everyone sideline to, oh my God, lower high, dead cat bounce, macro is bad, we all fell for it. You bought the bear, bear market rally. It's going to turn on an absolute dime and it's going to take one candle to do that. So manage your own risk before you let the narratives you know manage it for you i think yep good luck <laughs> we all need it <laughs> thanks for being here appreciate everybody listening watching all that give the video thumbs up and likes and all that share this podcast we need to get it out there into the world a bit more and we appreciate your help in doing that go to weeklyopen.com to check out episodes go to weeklyopen.com slash ftx go actually do that go to weeklyopen.com slash ftx use it if you're not using it already you can trade whether you're American, outside of the U.S., they have different platforms for everybody, different products for everybody. They even got stocks these days. We've slash FTX. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.